that you live. Like a good preacher, he sounds emphatic and connected to a higher truth. But the message was too pushy and barbed for a comfortable Episcopal pulpit. Imagine any believing Christian who cherishes the reward of heaven and the second coming of Christ hearing these words, There is no other reality than present reality, so that even if one were to live for endless ages, to live for the future would be to miss the point everlastingly. With swift jabs, Watts demolishes the afterlife and dashes any hope that there is a better world to come. Watts was alone in the wilderness back then. For an eccentric to dabble in Eastern thought was acceptable in his native England. Because it possessed India and strong footholds in China, England produced some minds who were willing to delve deeper into Vedanta and Buddhism than the usual blinkered colonialist. But America was different. No one needed to hear from an upstart who fancied himself the Pied Piper of all things spiritual. Watts' own self-description was philosophical entertainer, although he was much more than that. But as I revisit the arguments offered so boldly in the wisdom of insecurity, I can feel the shock of truth that it produced in me. His opening chapter, The Age of Anxiety, takes its title from a popular poem by W. H. Auden, and the first paragraph announces the first of Buddha's four noble truths, that life is full of suffering. Watts is canny enough not to mention the Buddha by name. Instead, he looks directly into the heart of a reader living under the shadow of the bomb, and poses an eternal question in terms that the existential fifties recognized. Can it really be that human life is no more than a brief flicker of time, full of chaos and pain, between the darkness that precedes birth and the darkness that follows death. We live in a time of unusual insecurity, Watts notes, after a century when traditional values, especially religious belief, broke down on all fronts. There have been two opposing reactions to the decay of belief. Relief in tossing off the old shackles, and worry that reason and sanity will give way to chaos. But Watts wants to carve a third way, pointing out that belief has disappeared through careful doubt and examination. This is the first sign that he welcomes the insecurity others fear, and this quickly becomes the main theme. Without importing any Eastern notions that might scare readers off, Watts has already introduced the most basic Buddhist stance— Sober examination of what lies before you, leaving aside all assumptions. By holding on to this sense of openness, we can find all truth in ourselves. That promise, as held out here, echoes what saints and sages have taught in every wisdom tradition. Where the Buddha refused to answer questions about the existence of God, Watts is more inclined to smash idols. He uses modern physics as proof that there is no evidence for the physical existence of God, arguing that no such proof will ever be offered. A reckless prediction. But how could Watts have anticipated post-quantum theories that posit a universe imbued with infinite intelligence? We can't reimpose old myths on ourselves, or believe in new ones made up out of a desire for comfort. Therefore, the path of self-examination— is the only one a person of conscience can reasonably follow. Otherwise we will only numb ourselves to the meaninglessness of life, seizing present pleasure to avoid pain, a futile strategy. 
Here Watts has slipped in the second noble truth, which is that pleasure can never cure pain, since the two are connected. Trapped between outworn myths and despair, there is another way, but it requires a revolution in thought. Ironically, this third way will resurrect the very things one must deny in order to walk the path. The reality which corresponds to God and eternal life is honest, above board, plain, and open for all to see. But the seeing requires a correction of mind, just as clear vision sometimes requires a correction of the eyes. It takes Watts twenty pages to reach this point, the real start of the journey, but by being simple, direct, and patient, he creates a special atmosphere. The reader is beguiled into forgetting that he ever disagreed with any of the arguments being placed before him. That's an enviable thing for an